0: My name is Michelle, and welcome to Romcom Weekly. Today, I'm joined by my friend Vivian, and we are talking about the movie 13 Going On 30. Hey, Viv. Hey, guys. Thanks for joining me. So, I'm going to cover a few broad strokes before we get into the nitty gritty. This movie came out in April of 2004, it's directed by Gary Winnick. Starring Jennifer Garner, Mark Ruffalo, Judy Greer, and Andy Serkis. The imdb.com summary is a girl makes a wish on her 13th birthday and wakes up the next day as a 30-year-old woman. The rating is a 6.2, and it made $96.5 million at the box office. Okay, so Vivian, what would you rate this movie on a scale from 1 to 10? We'll be honest, I initially gave it a 9, and I think
1: I want to scale it back to an 8.75. Now that I know you guys are doing decimal (laughs) points.
0: Okay, yes. So I actually gave it an 8.5. So we are very similar in uh, our our feelings about this movie. Um, Let's dive into that rating. What are a few things that you like about the movie?
1: This movie is... nostalgic one for for many reasons some personal some just for my love of rom-coms but i i gave it an 8.75 because there are parts of the movie where I'm like, okay, that was really convenient or, you know, it's really convenient that the end is, you know, that they end up together and, and whatnot. So I think there are just parts in the movie where I'm like, she didn't have to try very hard and she still ended
0: up with this happy ending, which I'm
1: contradicting myself because that's what I also love about rom-com.
0: So Yeah, it's just fantasy. And this kind of movie is like the epitome of fantasy because this is not something that can happen in our normal world. Totally. So, yeah. And that's why I love it. Agree. In one perfect word, I like everything about this movie. Jennifer Garner is the reason I think I love this movie so much. Um, She's so charismatic. She's so, she's just so endearing. And she plays Mm -hmm. innocence and her naivete perfectly without being condescending to anybody. Totally, I totally
1: agree. I don't know if you follow her on social, but I felt like she was not really acting like she's a sweetheart she's genuine she's you know she has this like yearning to be true to herself that you see play out throughout the movie and you just kind of fall in love with her character agree
0: 100 percent. like if you don't if people out there don't follow jennifer garner on instagram do yourselves a favor and just start (laughs) because she's she is jenna rank in real life She is. She really is. I think that's why, I mean, we can talk about this later, but that's why I think this movie is so special. Is just because of Jennifer Garner. Yeah, I love her. And I agree with you. There's just a lot of nostalgia. Mm -hmm. I think, like, you and I are very nostalgic people. This movie itself is also incredibly nostalgic within the movie. Jenna. Completely agree. 30 years old, who is stuck as a 13-year-old, so, you know, like, she does... Her hair and makeup back from the 80s, you know. So there's there's a lot mm-hmm. that I love about that. Are there any things that you the movie? Like every time I ask myself this
1: question, I'm like, well, I didn't like Tom Tom's character. Cause she's a brat, and I'm like, that's the point. I didn't like Wendy the fiance because she's she gets in the way, but that's the point. <laughs> so. I mean, I guess that just goes to show you how much I love the movie. But if I did have to say one thing I didn't like, I guess is kind of going back to the like it was just too easy. There were parts of the movie that were convenient. You know, Maddie's this photographer, that Jenna Rink conveniently needed one for her new redesign. Mm -hmm. So I think that just that component of the movie was like, okay. There are parts of it that just felt really, really easy.
0: Yeah. The conflict wasn't really anything external, I guess. It was a very Mm -hmm. internal internalized kind of conflict yeah yeah um there's not a whole lot I don't like about this movie either I think I have like a ongoing pet peeve so this movie came out in 2004 2004 we were closer to the age of 13 than we were to 30 (laughs) so you know take that however you want but we were 20 in 2004 so Mm -hmm you're like, Oh, this is what 30 is going to be like this. I can't wait to turn 30. And then when you're 30, you're like, this is nothing. What nothing like like what it's like. Yeah,
1: that's actually a really interesting point. I, I I totally agree. I think looking back on movies now as a 30 something I'm like, wow, that is not what life is like in my 30s at all.
0: Yeah. And I mean, that's kind of the idea I think of movies is to fantasize, glamorize, and all these things. But Mm -hmm. now that you're like, over this certain age, you're like, it gets, me, it gets me a little uh, frustrated because I don't want the yeah. people out there to think, oh, 30, you've kind of, you live a glamorous life. you kind of gotten things figured out. But I guess to be my own devil's advocate, I think this kind of further proves the point that at 30, when Jenna is 30, she doesn't have her life figured out. You know, there's, you can still pivot. Right. You can still change who you are to be the mm-hmm. person you want to be. So totally. anyway, that was a small thing. But the other thing I didn't really like about this movie is I didn't notice it until the rewatch is the friendship relationship between Tom Tom aka Lucy and Jenna obviously it's a complicated friendship but throughout the movie it's they have a friendly and supportive friendship but then it all of a sudden turns toxic and competitive and then there's not any kind of they don't dive into that depth of mm-hmm. that friendship the toxicity mostly comes in the workplace but then like they go out to drink and you know try to hit on guys and stuff like that so it's mm-hmm. it kind of yo-yos this really weird way but yeah again I didn't really notice it until yes, I re-watched it
1: yeah they they don't go into like it's like one day Tom Tom's character just decides she's she sort of like realizes Jenna is kind of going behind her back and she just decides to like there's no way there's no turning back. Like she's basically taking all of what Jenna was working on, which is not a good thing. So I just caught this last night Mm -hmm. that she was actually like throwing a bone to the competitor uh publishing company Mm -hmm. to to sparkle. Yeah. And I was watching this with my younger sister and she pointed it out and I was like, oh my gosh, she was. Yeah. So I was like, I guess that's just like something in your head where you're like, it's such it's such a familiar narrative that you don't even like kind of like question what happened at the end.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, I think both of you and I, we've rewatched this movie many times, but again, it's not until like this recent closer watch of the movie and maybe because I'm older and I'm taking, you know, there are certain things that hit closer to home, but this concept of regret obviously like it's done in a very lighthearted way, but Jenna being able to kind of pause and reflect, because sometimes we don't know that we've gone down the wrong path before it's too late. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So that conversation she has with her mom uh, as old Jenna, when she goes back to her, her parents' house and she asks her mom, like, you know, would you do anything over? And her mom's like, no, I don't think I would. And Mm -hmm. I think it's not until that moment where Jenna's like, Oh, this is my opportunity to like, fix the wrong things in my life
1: Mm -hmm. yeah
0: and I think this theme of like mom and dad still know best mom
1: and dad Mm -hmm. still give the best advice which I think is something that people are hesitant to believe in Mm -hmm. I can probably speak for that you know like I'm the oldest um, of three and so oftentimes when you're in that birth order you have this sort of like guilt or this like you know, this feeling that, like, you still have to kind of abide by what your parents tell you and, you know, what their advice is. Totally. Yeah. So I think that's kind of why this movie resonates so much with me is, you know, Jenna realizes she gave up this, you know, this life that she had to kind of become the cool girl. She became one of the sixes, but she realizes what a nasty person she's become. Yeah. And, you know, that theme of regret and being able to take it back is something that, like, you know, I kind of think everyone can sort of um, relate to at some point in their lives.
0: Yeah. And kind of going off that, it's not a separate theme, but I think it's a continuation of the theme is that Jenna becomes successful when she becomes her authentic self. I'm basically referencing the redesign pitch at the end of the movie, where Jenna's like, I want to see women I know on the pages of the magazine. And her pitch is hopeful and positive. And I think that's who Jenna is as a person. And I think that's what makes this movie so innocent. Cause it's like,
1: you know, in its purest form, it, it's teaching you to like, just be your true self. You don't have to be a sellout in order to be successful. You know, she's, she's still a really hardworking person all throughout her twenties up to, her, up to 30. But the only difference is she, you know, she, she was a sellout. You know, there was an earlier line in the movie where she was like, but I don't want to be authentic, Maddie. I want to be cool. And yes. she did that, you know, and I was like, oh, my gosh, like that's that goes through the head of everyone. I mean, even to this day, I you know, there are times when I'm like, you can I can find myself, you know, doing doing something that feels like more popular opinion and maybe not something I believe in. So, again, it's that like it brings you back to that theme that, you know, it's just it's very relatable.
0: Yeah. I think that's why it resonates with me so much too, because as a 13 year old, that's kind of your goal in life. I mean, I don't know, maybe not everybody. But yeah, no, me, it was it's like, a, pivotal,
1: it's a yeah. pivotal
0: like time in your life where you're like, becoming
1: a young adult and you can make, you know, you can make choices and you don't always have to ask for permission and you're getting this autonomy in life. And it's, you know, it's really critical for you to like, make a decision at that point 13 I think is is a really critical time
0: I really like the beginning the first scene is when young Jenna is getting her school photo taken and you know it it ends up being a terrible photo but Mm -hmm. off the bat it's like I identify because of course we all (laughs) had like a really bad school photo at some point yep and that Mm -hmm. was probably the most important thing at the moment was to have a good school photo because you would trade totally school, which a thousand percent is such a weird concept now I don't know what kids do these days like they clearly don't do that I guess I know I actually am curious if if picture day is still a thing I wonder if you could just like submit your own personal yeah <laughs> photo. I don't know huh I gotta find a 13 year old to ask how that <laughs> how that works um The concept of timing is also kind of pointed in this movie. Sometimes relationships work, sometimes they don't, but a lot of it is based on timing. Mm -hmm. Maybe this isn't a general theme of the movie, but, you know, Matt's moved on. 17 years later, he finds Wendy, he wants to get married. And like, when Jenna proclaims her love for him as a 30 year old, he's like, you know, maybe this would have worked out, but Mm -hmm. too much time has passed. Right. And I I like that, you know, at the
1: end, when Jenna goes to goes to Maddie's house, like on the day of his wedding, and she's like, pleading with him, like, Mm -hmm. pick me, choose me. I like that he actually rejects her. Yeah, I like that. He's like, Jenna, there's just so much time that that's passed on. And, and he does kind of agree that, like, you know, he cares for Wendy. And, you know, that should matter for something. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, I think that really hit home because I was like wow, Maddie did what is probably right.
0: Yeah.
1: Um it's bittersweet because you know that they have some kind of some kind of an attraction that plays out as well. So as much as I wanted Maddie to be like, "Yes, I will marry you." Yeah. I was like, wow, that felt that felt real. That felt like something that probably would have happened.
0: Yeah. I just want to pause and take a moment to uh, state my appreciation and love for Mark Flo as Maddie, because he plays charming and sweet, but not annoyingly. Mm-hmm. Like he, he chose this fine line where we obviously know he's still in love with her, but he doesn't go out of his way to do everything for a 30 year old Jenna. Like he's like, wait, but like, we haven't been friends, right? You know, he mm-hmm. approaches 30 year old Jenna with a lot of caution Mm-hmm. But also, you mentioned the wedding. That is like a category or a segment that I want to dive into a little bit is <laughs> WTF moments because I'm calling like these would be like plot holes or like the most unrealistic moments of the movie.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Wendy and Matt are getting married in two weeks, according to what Maddie says when um, he and Jenna reconnect. Two weeks, so. I have so many follow-ups to this because (laughs) Wendy and Matt still haven't figured out where they're going to live after like, how is this a conversation they haven't had? Right. right. Like I want to convince you to move to Chicago and it's clear that he's not ready to move, but like, Mm -hmm. yeah. How has this not been ironed out two weeks before their wedding? A. Yeah. And B is that Matt shouldn't have all this free time to dedicate to Jenna. He should be planning his wedding he should be that's the sensible michelle coming out yes i just (laughs) re-watching it you're like wait two weeks that's not that's not accurate or realistic in any way yeah i also
1: thought i also thought that like maybe this was intentional Mm -hmm. but like yeah i agree you're like holy crap two weeks like they better get on it yeah but you you get this feeling of like well like, they don't even know where they're going to live. And, like, is Maddie dragging his feet? Because mm-hmm. you feel like she's the kind of more, like, alpha female type A. Like, she gets to make the decision. She's already convincing him to move to the Windy City. Mm-hmm. And um, you kind of feel Maddie, like, pulling back a little bit. And you kind of wonder, like, is Maddie in this 100% or does this feel like she's just, you know, the closest thing to to, you know, a life partner now? Yeah. Um, which I kind of like. But again, I don't know if that was intentional, but that's something that I felt watching
0: the movie. Also, I'm just realizing two weeks. So that means the entire plot of 13 going on 30 happens within two weeks is two weeks. Right. <laughs> yeah. So that you're definitely right. That was definitely a, a plot hole. There's no way that Jenna <laughs> gets a grasp of her 30 year old self. And knows how to do her job and do this redesign pitch and fall in love with Maddie. Yeah, it's unrealistic. They should have made it like a month or two months or something. Mm -hmm. Two weeks is ridiculous. (laughs) Um, Are there any other like silly plot holes that you uncovered while rewatching? So it's probably (laughs) super minor. Mm -hmm. So
1: there comes a time when Maddie and Jenna decide to have dinner um, together on a Friday night at eight o'clock. And it's far along in the movie where they've like established this sort of like flirtation mm-hmm. in this like chemistry is building. Mm-hmm. And so you're like, oh my gosh, like what's gonna happen on that dinner? And so like Maddie is like, he's like looking at the date in his calendar and he's like drawing a heart around it and whatever. Mm-hmm. And then a, a hand comes over his eyes mm-hmm. and he smiles and he turns around and I'm like, it's Wendy, but I was like, wait a second, like does does Jenna have a pair of keys to his apartment? Uh huh. Like the fact that he like was smiling and was sort of anticipating it to be Jenna. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, wait, that was a little, again, I'm probably reading way too much into it, but that was something that That's caught my eye. So speaking of that
0: exact scene, so he's penciling in 8 p.m. dinner with Jenna.
1: Mm-hmm. If
0: you fast forward in the movie, you know, Jenna's redesign pitch gets selected. And so she goes to Maddie's apartment you know, to tell him the good news and Wendy opens the door and was that the day they were supposed to get dinner? Is the day before his wedding? That's another plot hole. I'm not entirely clear. No, that's
1: (laughs) she, I know Wendy flies home early, but yeah, like you have no idea, like where are they in the timeline of getting married, planning their wedding? Yeah. Yeah having that dinner and like she shows up at his door and she's like i want to take you out to lunch and then like the photo shoot happens like right before that right? it seems so yeah that's like yeah it's something your brain sort of like glosses over but yeah it doesn't make any for sense sure. like from the chronological perspective we're being
0: perspective, very for nitpicky sure. but i'm just we over the two week timeline. <laughs> um i, have I love a it a few other small kind of wtf moments is mm-hmm. jenna's 13th birthday young jenna only invite the six chicks to her birthday there's nobody else except them and chris grandy okay so i have a possible answer i think jenna
1: obviously jenna's very smart Mm -hmm. right like she's a successful accomplished 30 year old who's made it in the publishing world which is very cutthroat i'm sure Mm -hmm. and as as a young kid you know she was like basically like writing papers for for lucy's character right So I feel like she was one of those kids that had, like, one friend, and that one friend was Maddie. Yeah. And, I mean, yeah, it's horrible that she, like, invited all her enemies (laughs) to this birthday. But I I feel like kids actually will do that. Um, I have a really silly anecdote. Mm -hmm. I was – I still remember this. When I was in grade school, we had this thing where on 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 your birthday, you could select one friend. And you could go around the entire elementary school and give out, like, whatever your treats that you brought in. Like, you could hand out donuts. You could hand out. But the idea was, like, you go to visit your science teacher. You go visit your art teacher. Mm -hmm. And I remember one year I had an enemy. Her name was Kristen. (laughs) And to win her over, I chose her as my friend to distribute my birthday donuts. Oh, my goodness. And I was like, this makes no sense, Vivian. Wow. But here I am. Like, I think it's like a... Like, I wanted to earn her over. I wanted to, like, earn her trust. It's so, it's so stupid.
0: Oh, my gosh. I had no idea about this. (laughs) Are you and Kristen still friends?
1: No, I have not talked to her since, like, the sixth grade. That's
0: hilarious. Yeah, I guess, like, we, as teenagers, who are just confused about everything, we do the most unanswerable things. that make zero sense. I probably didn't even have a full picture of, like, what popularity meant in my head, Mm -hmm. you know, at nine or ten. I think the idea is that you just want so much to be liked by the people who you think don't like you the most.
1: Yeah. You want to win them over. Yeah. You want to like show them that you can also be normal or be cool, which is what you know Jenna does. Like she, you know, in the early like first like twenty, twenty minutes of the movie where she's like watching these MTV music videos mm-hmm. of um like Pat Benatar. Mm-hmm and um she's like you know stuffing her training bra and like you know like we all have like an image of our head of like who we should look like and wanting to grow up too fast and I think again I think like that's just one of the reasons that why I love this movie is I think it's like every little girl can probably relate to that
0: 13 year old generation. yeah agree for sure um before we move on I have One other thing for the WTF moment, which is, again, a silly one, but when Jenna calls her dad and the outgoing message on their parents' phone is, you know, hi, you know, you reached the rinks or whatever, and dad continues to say, we're on a cruise, we're coming back on this date. I was like, there's no way anybody today would give that much detail on an (laughs) outgoing message. (laughs) That was... That was my
1: exact thought. I was like, oh my God, he's inviting robbers to come to their house. Yes.
0: <laughs> I mean, I'm sure there's something to be said about us posting where we are on social media at the point right. that we are. But that like is so funny that you realize that too. But I was like, I don't know. That's just the exact opposite. You want to give them as little detail as possible. You don't want you want everyone to know that you're home so you don't get robbed. Right right I mean that's the reason why people have that like
1: robot voice talking instead of like you know a personalized voice or whatever but yeah yeah I was like wow he's not only giving away that they're on vacation they're on a cruise yeah I
0: think did he say where they were I want to say yes but I don't remember what or where he said they were yeah it was just too much information too much too much information do you have any particular favorite scenes in this movie I do
1: and it's a sad one Mm -hmm. but sometimes I think like the bitter the most bittersweet moments are oftentimes my favorite Mm -hmm. so it's the scene where she gets on a a train Mm. and goes home and Billy Joel's Vienna comes on and that's just such a beautiful song I think he's such an amazing um, songwriter and but like there's a there's a scene where she's on a train she's like looking out the window and she's kind of sad at this point because she's realizing like she's not who she was Yeah, and there are these like three teenage girls that come on the train and they're they're like talking and giggling and like gossiping and I think she just has this like did I just throw away like my teenage years to become someone that you know is a monster and then um being dramatic but you know she she has this like wistful look on her face like you know who am I and then um I feel like I'm gonna start crying <laughs> <laughs> um, But yeah, then she goes home, her parents are coming, you don't know yet, but her parents are coming back, like literally literally coming back from their Caribbean vacation. She goes down in the basement, she goes down to like where she had her 13th birthday party. That scene though, like the way that it plays out, she just, I think is like realizing a lot about her life in that moment in time. And I, I think the song just like is such a perfectly picked out song that encapsulates like all the emotions and like her asking her mom for advice the next morning and her crawling into bed with her mom oh my god michelle
0: i lose it every <laughs> single freaking time so um, this scene i think in the past never really felt a lot of feelings about it but re-watching hmm. it like two days ago this scene i started crying really really hard <laughs> and i was trying to think had i ever cried at this scene before and I don't think I have. Usually I cry at the end, really? which is like super cliche and obvious. But this scene, mm-hmm. you just painted a really great picture because Billy Joel's song is, I think, what really sets the tone of this scene. Mm-hmm. It's wistful, totally. it's bittersweet, but it's also weirdly hopeful. The scene where Jenna is like in the basement and she's pounding her back against the wall, you know, mm-hmm. and her dad walks in and they, she just like jumps up to hug him. <laughs> it's like I just lost it too because you're like, you, no matter what happens, you still want your mom and your dad to comfort you. And like, Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. And to give
1: you some kind of like approval, you know, of like it's all gonna be okay. Like, I think it's like shortly after that scene, Jenna finds out she wasn't even home for Christmas and her mom's like, you know, you were off where you always are, but there was no like resentment in her mom's voice. Like her mom was still very like neutral and caring and positive. And you were like, wow, you know, just that connection that you can have with your parents. You know, a lot of 13 year olds have, you know, rocky relationships with their parents and whatnot. But I think the ability to like mend that relationship is something that a lot of people strive for. And she did it really through like towards the end of that Billy Joel song. And you're like, this is where she has, that's, the opportunity to turn it around. And you touched on this earlier, but her mom basically saying that, you know, I wouldn't do anything different. I love my life for what it is, all the imperfections and all this. And I think, you know, you get the feeling that like, she's mended that relationship. She is going to have a relationship with her parents moving forward. Totally.
0: Yeah. And you know, the older I get, the more emotional I get at these child parent scenes. And this totally was- a thousand percent because we've been in quarantine for you know (laughs) for like almost I don't even know what day it is 70 80 100 but like I haven't been able to hug my parents since February you know so Mm -hmm. it just yeah it was an incredibly touching moment and I think I definitely appreciate this scene a lot more um, as I've gotten older let's fast forward a little bit let's talk about the ending are you what are your thoughts on the ending
1: yeah, I um I you know I'm going to contradict myself a little bit here but you know I complain a lot about the movie being really convenient and easy and you know there's not really any big huge struggle but um that's still the reason why I love the ending is you know she she goes through this you know this point in her life where she's like I'm not I don't like who I become Um, she professes her love to Maddie, Maddie puts his foot down, which I I told you, I I love that part, Mm -hmm. but then, you know, like she goes back to her house, starts to really, I think, realize what she's done with her life and, you know, whether there is, whether she can take it back or not, but the wishing dust, of course, magically, miraculously falls and she wakes up and she's at that 13th birthday party and she wakes up and she's, she's at her own wedding and she's, she's married to her best friend. And so. As much as I think that is cliche, that's at the same time, very much what I love about rom-coms is that like, you know, she does get who I think she should have been with because they are compatible in very, in many yeah. ways and, you know, not necessarily with her new self, but her old self, her old, like, you know, who she, who she really was. So I think like that defined rom-coms to me growing up in middle school, college years and beyond, like that sort of like unrealistic you know, you you end up with a person, you sort of know that they're going to end up together somehow. But I, I was completely happy with the ending. I don't know if you felt the same way.
0: Yeah. You know, that's kind of the definition of rom-coms is that it's meant to be fantasy, right? So you kind mm-hmm. of lean into it, which is what I like about rom-coms too. You know, growing up, you're mm-hmm. watching these and you're like, oh, this maybe this is what love is like. And everything's pretty and rainbows and it all like ties up together neatly in a bow, which unfortunately isn't the case in real life but you Mm -hmm. want to escape into that world. So uh, it was never a question for me whether Matt, Maddie, and Jenna end up together. Um, I'm happy that they do. I'm happy that Jenna kind of turns things around and prioritizes the things that she wants in life. But the actual, Mm -hmm. actual ending, I don't love that they show their wedding at at their house or I'm assuming it's their parents' house and then they move into a pink house, which is basically I think the dollhouse that Maddie built for Jenna, like the dream house. I think that's what the sim- oh. like I think that's what the parallel is supposed to be. I was trying to think like how would I have wanted the movie to end in I think I would have been really happy if it was just like a shot of Matt and Jenna were holding hands, walking down the streets of New York City, and like maybe we see them wearing their wedding rings. Mm, something Something subtle subtle, like not super like over the top tied in a bow
1: yeah yeah that's really imaginative when she wakes up in her Manhattan apartment as a 30 year old you're like okay it's one of those movies because of like the wishing Mm -hmm. dust and the end when they brought back the wishing dust and like fast kind of like playing around with timelines you're kind of like okay I guess I think that's why I didn't give it like a 10 per se because I was like okay this is like (laughs) partially fantasy partially like yeah for what it's worth I was like this is not it's not trying to
0: solve any problems it's just to show this young girl on her journey of self-realization
1: I like your I like your ending I I think this subtle the subtle nod to like yeah they are together because like you said she never had a ring Mm -hmm. on her finger like throughout the movie so that would have been a nice nod I think to like them having a life together
0: yeah, and like just one small note about another thing, what I liked about this movie is that I love that all the exterior shots are actually shot in Manhattan. It's one of those things when I'm like watching a movie and it's supposed to be based in Manhattan, and I'm like trying, I'm very, I live in New York, you know, so I'm very critical of like what street are they on? What restaurant are they at? Oh, I, interesting. I like specifically kept an eye out, like, I think The Office was in the 50s. Jenna lives downtown, Maddie lives downtown, mm. you know, it was just, I appreciate when New York movies are set in New York, they should absolutely be filmed in New York for more of a realistic effect too, I think.
1: Yeah. To your point, you know, there's several rom-coms that are based in New York. And I I, I think, I, I mean, I, I've never lived in New York. I will say it's, it's a dream of mine to move there and probably mm-hmm. always will. But like, I... Like you almost like watch the movie because of like, I think New York City is such a one of a kind city. Mm -hmm. Like you almost watch it for the sake of where it's filmed, and you probably pick on this more than I would. But like I wouldn't know, you know, like if it was like a a set in the background versus like on a restaurant storefront or something like that. But I do love. I think New York is just magical. But yeah, I think it. It just adds such a like charm to
0: rom-coms already. No, 100%. I think that like New York itself is already so romanticized and Mm -hmm. to actually glamorize the city. You know, I think I wouldn't go so far to say that New York is a character in this movie, you know, but I think they really pay a good homage to New York. uh, It's a little bit more of a Mm -hmm. subtle way. Like that whole scene where Maddie and Jenna are doing their photo shoot. You can tell Mm -hmm. that that's in New York. Yeah. Was that in Central Park? I think Can parts in or... Central Park, but that, that one photo where it says uh, Class of 2004, they do that for a photo. Oh, I think yeah, it's yeah. outside a public library, I think. Okay. Yep. In front of the yep. steps. Let's move on to... Um, do you have a favorite character? I mean, is it obviously Jenna for both of us? Of course it's Jenna.
1: You know, they talk about her being multidimensional, but, like, we only see the nice jenna right right? like we know that she like threw her company Mm -hmm. under the bus and and all that but i do like maddie's character i think you know not only is he Mm -hmm. a dork but he is you know like he he had a hobby as a kid and how many times can you see someone grow up to be that you know whatever their hobby was which i thought was really cool Um, I've talked about this I think a couple times but I also I like how he he's not annoying you can tell that he like approaches Jenna a little bit with reservation but sort of still Mm -hmm. lets her back in and I I really just appreciate that he put his foot down at the end and was like I can't marry you or what are you crazy like this is not how it's gonna play out I
0: I really I really thought that was a nice touch I Yes, I love Jenna, obviously, because I think she's relatable. She kind of encapsulated a lot of just feelings, I guess, with thirteen as being a thirteen year old. but i I also really like Maddie. I think my like about him is Mark Ruffalo. Um he's just sweet, dorky, but loyal, but also like isn't easy, easily pushed around. But then, mm-hmm. in terms of like side characters, they're all pretty other than Tom Tom or Lucy who is ends up being terrible there're no other reals other than Richard the editor in chief who's mm-hmm. played by Andy Serkis which is who is Gollum in Lord of the Rings so <laughs> I was trying to explain that to my yeah. sister last night and she like I think I
1: lost her but yeah it's crazy that he Has that
0: wide of a range? It's hard for me to pinpoint any character. I think everything together just makes the movie a great experience. So, we talked about the scene when Jenna goes back home as an emotional point. Obviously, I said earlier the ending, I also cried at. So, specifically, one line when he gives back the house, the dollhouse to Jenna, and Jenna's like, I love you, Matt, you're my best friend. And then he responds with, Jenna, I've always loved you. That two-line bit, like, also kind of, it gets me. Because I ache for what could have been, you know? And Jenna Mm -hmm. saying, you're my best friend. Like, it's just so sweet and endearing. And you're like, you just want to give Jenna a hug. Yeah, yeah. In those moments,
1: too, I won't bring up, like, the names of other rom-coms, but, like, I love watching movies knowing what could have been mm-hmm. but wasn't what transpired. Again, it just it makes your heart ache in that moment because you're like, wow, this could have been a great love story. This could have been she didn't have to waste mm-hmm. all those years. I think what makes me happy is that like there was that recognition at the end of like she did love him mm-hmm. and he did love her.
0: They just didn't end up together yeah. in that moment. Yeah. And then so I cried at that and then the other scene that I didn't cry at this particular rewatch but I probably have in the past is when Jenna's giving her redesign presentation and she's so earnest she's so you you can just tell I don't know I the way she gave her presentation I was like so moved by it mm. Hmm. interesting I don't think I've ever cried in that scene but I guess that's when that's when she
1: really starts to like become her true self again in yeah, her 30 year old she body to turn things around
0: mm-hmm. yeah
1: Okay, so those are like three separate parts that you've gone. Yeah, emotional? but I
0: think so. This most recently watched was just those two parts: the parents and the ending in the house when Matt okay. tells Jenna, "You know, I've always loved you." Interesting. Yeah, I. I mean, I just teared <laughs> up when you were explaining
1: it, so I'm sure. I I'm sure I <laughs> cried at the end. <laughs> yeah, this movie is a lot.
0: It's a lot. It is a lot. Um, there are some. Let's let's. I have a. A question would you want to be 13 again that's a great question you
1: know what's funny is every time I ask myself myself like would I ever want to do high school again or would I ever want to like be in elementary school again this movie actually comes up because I'm like well I know the right answer is probably uh-huh. no because I like I wouldn't I wouldn't be where I am now and I wouldn't live where I live and I wouldn't have chosen the career path so I guess I guess no. I guess, you know, there are times in my life where I'm like, wow, I really wish I didn't date that person or I really wish I hadn't picked that, whether it was like professionally or personally. But at the same time, I have to realize that like anything I, any little variable that I choose to change in my life would have profound implications and I wouldn't be who I am today.
0: So for that reason alone, i probably say no, but I'm curious what you would say. um, I'm going to say not because it's the right answer, but I'm going to say, no, I don't want to be 13 again because I don't think I was a good person when I was 13. I was <laughs> so 13. I actually was, I had moved to New Jersey, which is where you and I met. Um, So mm-hmm. 13 was a hard time. You know, I had just moved from, moved into a new state, gone to a new school, had to make all these new friends and, prior to my move, like I wasn't a nice kid. So I agree with you that, you know, things, I wouldn't be where I am obviously if things had played out differently and I like where I am now. So there's not a whole lot of reason to do 13 again, but I also have asked my question, like I do high school or college over again? And I always go with, I would definitely do college over again. I think 13 is this weird, like, awkward, like, rite of passage. The whole point is to Mm -hmm. not know, right, what life is or who you are, you know. For people who are 13 and have things figured out, like, that's just unrealistic. But Mm -hmm. yeah, I would totally do college over again. I'm I'm curious
1: because, and I I know you very well, Michelle, but I'm curious because we... Like, I feel like we went through really big milestone events Mm -hmm. at the same time. So you moved to a new state. I Mm -hmm. moved just one town over at the start of my sixth grade. And I realized I'm horrible at making new friends and, you know, realized many years later that I'm an introvert. And that's Mm -hmm. potentially the reason why. But I I think middle school was also very tough for me. I am being dramatic, but I mean, like, I didn't have like the greatest group of friends at one point and I became really rebellious. And, um, you know, I think like having a wrong set of friends can really influence your, you know, your decisions and your grades, my grades were Mm -hmm. were falling at one point. And I think that and also my, you know, that was when my younger sister was born. And so like, all of a sudden, like the attention wasn't on me. So it was just there were Mm -hmm. a lot of things happening. Um, I felt like I was rebellious. Mm -hmm. And I felt cool by doing that. And you know similarly in college we both transferred schools I transferred out of um New Jersey to a completely different coast and I often think back to like if I hadn't done that would my friend group look different of course it would but like how what else would change about my life right and I feel like when I start to ask myself those questions I just go down this rabbit hole of like I'm like Vivian don't go there because you know like I'm I still am happy with with where I'm at right now. And, um, and I think the reason why just I just want to bring it back to the movie a little bit. I think the reason why 13 going on 30 really hits home for me is because so when I moved from um, New Jersey to California, like I that was like a pivotal time in my life where like, I felt like I was like thrust into such a new environment. But this this movie came out before I moved. So I think the reason why this movie resonates with me is I think just being that older, like being the oldest one in the family and having two younger siblings and feeling responsible and feeling guilt. I think that all just comes out at some point where you're like, am I, am I enough? Mm-hmm. Am I doing this right? Am I doing this perfectly? And I think mm-hmm. that'll always stick with me. And so, um, sorry, I, yeah. I know I kind of went off on a tangent there, but But yeah, I think like this movie has always stuck with me. I think because of these moments in my life where kind of Mm -hmm. relating to gender and there, wanting to be cool, and then again kind of like making these really life, really big life decisions and wondering you know should i listen to my parents mm. did i do yeah, that it yeah it seems like
0: this movie really kind of resonates with you in a very deep yeah, personal way
1: personal way yeah yeah
0: and i think you know obviously life has a way of figuring things out you know you you realize you're like i did i did okay you know when you look back but i think we kind of get into a dangerous place when we think too hard about when we want to like live in the past and i think right i think that's Mm-mm. a very normal way of kind of analyzing and like yes. taking taking a pause and self-reflecting and just being like, I am who I am today because of who I was back then. And then you can also be like, be self-aware enough to want to change certain things about yourself, which is what I really, this movie hits home for me is that like, you're never too late to make things better, make yourself better, make your relationships with other people better. Jenna's 30 when she realizes Mm -hmm. this, which At the time when I saw this, you're like, oh, my gosh, that's so old. But, you know, now that we're (laughs) in our 30s, it's it's, you know,
1: it's possible. There's hope.
0: Yeah. I know. 13 is a tough age, man. I don't know. This whole I mean, sorry, this is not a great segue, but like the idea (laughs) of, you know, falling in love with the boy next door. Like this is a literal definition of falling in love with the boy next door. I kind of fantasized about what that love must be like. If I grew up on a street, you grow up with this guy next to you and you fall in love and you get married and you live the rest of your life together. I used to think that was like the best kind of love. It's just so easy. Not not that that's why it's good. It's just, it's so romantic. The concept of it is romantic. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. The concept and like I always remember being like slightly jealous of people mm-hmm. that married like high school sweethearts because like their pictures like their pictures of their yeah. wedding were just so freaking cool because they had like they had pictures where they could span back further than like, yeah. you know, two, three, There's four years whole, like
0: idea. But I don't know. I think the older I get, the more happy I am that that wasn't my story. Because falling in love with the boy next door, not to knock those who have married the boy next door, but so much of joy from from my life has, I feel like just life before Frank. Not that, you know, obviously I love life with my husband, but I would imagine that if you fall in love with the boy next door, you're, do you lose a sense of your identity, like, you know, your independence is... You know everything about the other person. Mm. There's no secrets. Not that, I, again, this is all coming off real long. Not that I have secrets. But <laughs> it's just, it's your whole life. I don't know. Yeah.
1: But I guess, like, are you in a bubble if you just mm-hmm. date the guy next door or the girl next door? Like, it's very one-dimensional, maybe. Like, I think, you know, if you stay in the same town and you're a townie, like, how much further can your, um, experiences go if you, you know, I think right. for Jenna, it was a little different because she like came back.
0: It, I don't want to say it's limiting to fall in love with the boy next door, but it's just like, there's so much you don't get to experience, mm-hmm. but then maybe there's something to be said about never questioning a lot of, in a good way, like not ever questioning your partner. You're just so happy. It's hard for me to articulate for some reason why this is such a interesting concept Hmm. Falling in love with the boy next door, you just, like, eliminate every other man, every other option, every other choice. But I guess, to your point, mm-hmm. Jenna, bringing it back to the movie, Jenna, like, does get to live her life and come to the realization that, no, I I love Maddie, you know? Anyway, mm-hmm. I think the bottom line is, I'm glad I didn't marry the boy next door. Um, do you think this movie has aged well?
1: I do. Um I'm similar to you I keep rom-coms on in the background because it feels safe I guess Mm -hmm. it feels familiar it feels you know I know I'm happy having watched it or happier having watched it but I think this movie in particular ages well because I'm I notice I'm engaged every single time I may not be engaged like throughout the entire thing but like Mm -hmm. I'll still laugh I'll still cry And there's very few movies where I can do that, like, where I'll feel an emotion, even although I've watched it dozens and dozens of times. I also think this movie has a killer soundtrack. And I think for me, like, I'm such a musically inclined person that sometimes I think the movie makes, Mm -hmm. sorry, the music makes the movie, you know, talk about like Winnie Houston, Pat Benatar. Michael Jackson like that one scene where they're they're dancing a thriller like it's just it's it's awesome and I think also like it's just that's probably one of the reasons why it's like multi-generational like my parents who may not you know have the biggest knack for rom-coms but could yeah it's kind of timeless in
0: the sense that the music is timeless movie makers did a great job in selecting the music it was a classic then in 2004 and it still is a classic Today. yeah just totally timeless yeah i think this movie has and, aged yeah. pretty well too i was trying to pick apart some things that like with this play out in 2020 and i think so i without getting super into the nitpicks there's no hugely offensive scenes i think Like, in the workplace, I mean, Jenna sleeping with her co-worker's husband isn't necessarily... I think, you know, that still is incredibly taboo today. It was incredibly taboo back then. But there are no, like, terrible gay jokes or, like, racist jokes or anti-feminist jokes. It's incredibly wholesome, which is why you and I like it so much. It is very wholesome. It's such a feel-good movie. You have the DVD. You rewatched this movie on a DVD, correct? went through my treasure trove of rom-com
1: DVDs and I pulled out this pink bedazzled limited edition which I forgot I had um but to like play a DVD again like Michelle I like even to see the um yeah like the the table of contents like before you press play I, think I, I was like oh DVD my gosh I this
0: eight years is that that's I don't what is I don't know that's so bizarre <laughs> to say that
1: I know everything is digital now I was like well I knew I was gonna watch it at my parents house and like I just knew it was
0: like the the easier
1: thing to do but I was I got a kick out of it Well, so you sent me a photo last time I watched a DVD
0: about to dive into the movie with a DVD and I saw on the table of contents (laughs) like special featurettes and I was like oh my gosh this is why I loved DVDs it's because they would have all these extra special um, like interviews with a cat so I'm curious like were you able to watch that did you get anything out of that
1: I did. I did. And um, my sister apparently (laughs) watched it already and she like vaguely remembered it. So, yeah, I did. I watched the deleted scenes. Okay, so the different beginning, and it's not drastically different. It's actually young Maddie, young Jenna are played by totally different people. Mm I am much happier with who the film actually went with. They felt more like young Jenna seems like a young Jennifer Garner. Maddie, young Maddie is just cute and adorable. So, Right off the bat, mm-hmm. it just felt a little, like, awkward. Um, I don't know how to describe it. It just mm-hmm. wasn't, it didn't feel natural. And then the thing that does stick out in my mind is for the alternate ending. Oh, boy, yeah. Um, and I think you'll like this. <laughs> so instead of, so, you know, they go back to, they flash forward to Jenna in her basement having that birthday party. Young Maddie comes over with his Casio and he actually sings this, like, 10-second mm. song that he's written for Jenna, which is really cute. And then um, young Lucy comes down the stairs again mm-hmm. and they like flip her off, you know, tell her to get lost or whatever. It just it was very cringeworthy. Mm-hmm. I don't know. How, I, I'm probably not even painting the best picture for you, but it was you're like you watch it and you're like, mm-hmm. oh, that's why they went with the now cast. But yeah, so it was this just like not hugely differentiated outcome, but the mm-hmm. copy was weird. The casting was off. Yeah. So, I mean, it was just, it was still fun yeah. to watch. It's always, it's like, always oh, my favorite
0: part of like renting thing. a DVD back in the day from like Blockbuster was to like watch the specials. So let's have a moment for DVDs, I guess. I don't know.
1: I know. I hope they come back or not come back, but like I hope,
0: I hope like, I don't know, they
1: incorporate like <laughs> yes. bloopers and like deleted scenes into like the ending credits or something. Yeah. People don't even have a chance to like get that is to so that true section
0: anymore. Um, speaking of casting, so Funny. the six tricks, one of them is Brie Larson, who is.
1: I lost my Brie Larson, who is Michelle. obviously
0: huge, and everyone knows who she is. She's Captain Marvel now, but yeah, she was one of the six chicks, which is so crazy. We, no joke, we paused the DVD, because
1: my sister Val was wow. like, is that Brie Larson? Huh? And I was like, no, she probably just looks like her. And then she pulled up IMDb, and sure enough, Brie yeah. Larson, sixth, sixth girl, or sixth chick. I lost it. I was like, so I have to bring note, this up with Michelle.
0: I came across a little bit of trivia, <laughs> which I guess is um, kind of obvious for people who are into the Marvel Cinematic Universe, the MCU. So a lot, basically, most of the people in 13 Going On 30 are in the Marvel MCU. So Jennifer Garner. Yeah. So Jennifer Garner. She. Oh. Um, what? She was Elektra, which is you know before MCU became owned by Disney, but. Jennifer Garner was Elektra and Daredevil. Um, Mark Ruffalo, obviously, is the Hulk. Huh. Okay. Um, Andy Serkis, he plays um, mm-hmm. the bad guy in Black Panther. He plays Ulysses Claw in Avengers. He's in a few of the Avengers movies. Brie Larson, obviously, Captain okay. Marvel. Okay. And then Judy Greer, she plays Ant-Man's wife of Scott Lang, what? a.k.a. Paul Rudd, in the Ant-Man movies. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. So that's what, like, I think is the reason why this movie trip. is so great. It's just like this, the cast alone, individually, they all hold their own. No one needs to be a supporting character in this. In thirteen going on thirty, they could, They all have had their own, you know, mm-hmm. standout movies. Um, I came across some other random trivia. <laughs> um, apparently, there was going to be a Broadway auction of thirteen going on thirty, that was supposed to happen in twenty seventeen, but it never what? came to fruition. I mean, Broadway's are expensive. Because Mean Girls, right? That's like, didn't they make that into
1: a musical? And there have been a couple actually, come to think of it, right? That have kind of like transformed and gone from like Blockbuster Broadway, yeah. to... um,
0: yeah, for sure. So yeah. I think this movie could, could have. Really? Maybe it will I one know. day, um, but that's one thing. And then some other random Maybe. notes I found was that so these are the other women that were in consideration to be jennifer garner gwyneth paltrow hillary swank and renee zellweger in my opinion i love reading these like who else was considered yeah, and or I, who tried out me, but then this movie doesn't it, work it's just not a movie unless it's jennifer garner like neither of these women could have played this
1: no no and i <laughs> i can be really critical and mean and go into why but i completely i mean we agree can dive into
0: that if you'd like i just i think the, the appeal of it is just jennifer garner i think so here's the thing i don't think jennifer this was her big first feature i think she was on alias the appeal of not knowing who jennifer garner was was exciting and you're like oh my gosh she's really funny she's like re- it was refreshing i think is basically what i'm trying to say about jennifer mm-hmm. garner in, in the zeitgeist in 2004, mm-hmm. everyone knows who Gwyneth Paltrow is, and like Renee Zellweger, Hilary Swank I think is more of like a dramatic actress, but like mm-hmm. she would not, in my opinion, been able to play this. Yeah, and I'm probably going off of like Million Dollar Baby, but she's all about grit
1: to me. She doesn't right. like scream America's Sweetheart or like Jennifer Gunner just like
0: embodies sure. this. And then the generating last random bit of trivia is. On the cover of Sparkle and Poise magazine is Jennifer Lopez. So during the filming of this movie, J.Lo was dating Ben Affleck, who we all know was later married to Jennifer Garner.
1: So that's a what? weird
0: Hollywood moment. Yeah, that's a weird Hollywood. Okay, moment. I didn't know the timing of that, but that's kind of my bit of weird. trivia. Um, do you uh, have any kind of like other thoughts of this movie before we kind of wrap? wrap it up
1: um you know i am curious because you you gave some like just general information in the beginning and i was sad to hear that it only got like a six point something on imdb imdb Mm -hmm. we are diehard fans of 13 going on 30 but sometimes like i'm just curious like how is this received in the general public like i'm sure other rom-com enthusiasts love this movie but i am like i'm just sometimes i'm like why did this movie not like become a cult classic I just sometimes I'm like is there like a formula for creating that like iconic rom-com movie that people will quote you know movie lines for decades to come like sometimes Mm -hmm. I'm just like I get it it was really cheesy and a little predictable
0: but I I am curious how like, outside yeah. of my bubble, no, that's I, am, a good question. I wonder how it was perceived. In the limited conversations I've had with people about, like, romantic comedies, this movie doesn't really come up a whole lot, to be honest with you, you know? And I think maybe it's because it's so mm-hmm. fantasy, but I don't know. Maybe mm-hmm. maybe there is a cult following. Maybe we've just aged out of that cult following. I don't know. I think, like, the, the popular line <laughs> and takeaway is, 30, flirty, and thriving. I think people do say that, but again, we're, we're over that's 30, true. so it's like, true. are we no longer flirty or thriving? I don't know, but <laughs> I I was a little Not surprised a too, to see mm-hmm. that this had a 6.2 rating. It's pretty low. I would think you'd at least be I like, I don't know, a
1: 7.0 I don't know, maybe or this, something. Yeah,
0: this is an, an answerable question to me. <laughs> it's Disappointing, but you know, that's okay. The love for the move carries on in the both of us. I missed I missed this one point, but like, this is not what 30 looks like. I, I We, we kind of mentioned it earlier, but Jenna being living alone in this massive, beautiful New York apartment. Yeah, oh, I'm my gosh. Good. With
1: yeah, with multiple bedrooms. But let's talk about Maddie for a second, though, because for a photographer, unless he's like the new york times top publishing yeah.
0: i don't know photographer Again. like some so programs too um, but you know one can wish it's very aspirational and that yeah. Thing, yeah yeah and you know you're a magazine editor i don't think one... you know <laughs> you definitely are not making that much money uh, you don't you're not that important and you get car service to work every day like that's unrealistic
1: mm-hmm. i actually i am i don't i know nothing about this world first of all But, yeah, it made me think of, like, she, her, I mean, her swanky apartment kind of gave it away. But I was like, okay, she's got to be doing well. She's got to be, you know, making Mm -hmm. well over six figures in the six figures range. You know, she she goes from 13 to 30 pretty seamlessly. So, I'm like, okay, is her job actually not that hard? Or is she able to convince everyone around her that she can, like,
0: leave these meetings she reads a magazine publishing movie doesn't talk about that like (laughs) one other notable scene I want to mention is the whole relationship that Jenna has with her 13 year old neighbor I think is really sweet Becky Mm -hmm. is a tool in which I think we the audience get to see Jenna warm up and come into her own and like invite the girls over for a sleepover and like have a you know have a fun time talking about boys and love that stuff. So, yeah, th- th- that was those were like really sweet moments for mm-hmm. me too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I remember
1: like when when I did watch the movie. I mean, we were not; it was not too mm-hmm. short before that that we were having like summer parties like that and talking about boys. And so, um yes. I feel like that's also a trope, like yeah, summer sure. parties, girls having summer parties and talking about
0: boys. Yeah, I think both of us have this uh, a deep love for this movie. Do you oh. have any last takes?
1: No, I, this has been really fun. I, I love that someone else shares my affinity for this unappreciated yeah, I um, Let's get this movie, IMG and I, fire, I hope that guys. we can spread the love.
0: Uh, well, thank you so much for talking <laughs> through this movie with me, Viv. Um has a lot. Thank you. Um, hope you'll join me on of another- Of course. This has been really fun. Uh, rom-com weekly episode. All right. Well, <laughs> cool. Thanks so much. And to all out there- yes. For listening in to Romcom Weekly, and Thanks, tune in Michelle. for another episode next week.